0: A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? (sighs)
0: Well... That's why they're introducing an all new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new bumble now. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. Are you frustrated that you can't form habits that stick? It's because you've been taught habits wrong. To learn the number one reason why women must do habits differently, go to aboutprogress.com slash habit class for my free class of the same name. Shakespeare wrote, to err is to be human. But what if we were to replace that word air with sabotage? In other words, self-sabotage. Have you ever done that to yourself? I know I have, especially when I have a really daunting thing on my list that I want to do, need to do, but those feelings of overwhelm or stress or anxiety that I relate to that thing makes me delay it or put it off or self-destruct it altogether. And that's when I find myself spiraling down into that shame and blame cycle where I'm just blaming myself and mad at myself. I know better. I want to do better. What's wrong with me? Why do I self-sabotage? If you can relate, and honestly, we all should relate, then I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest, Heather Chauvain. Heather is an incredible podcaster and coach behind Emotionally Uncomfortable, a podcast that you should be listening to, and she's on the show today to teach you more about why we self-sabotage, what it is, and what it's really about. The good news here is that sabotaging behavior is normal, and instead of us just trying to stuff it down, there are far more effective ways to better deal with and manage when we self-sabotage. I know you're going to love this bonus episode. Let's head on to the interview. Heather, welcome to About Progress. Monica, I am
1: so excited to be here. Thank you.
0: I really love your focus, your work. I also love your story. Mm -hmm. And I would actually love to start a little bit with that story. I know there's a lot to it. And I know there's many directions we could go in. But our main topic today is self-sabotage, which so many women in our communities do, and it's really tricky to work around. You're not immune to this, I'm not immune to this, and I know it has a part to play in your story. So can you start by telling us a little bit about
1: what's brought you to this point in your life? Yeah, and every time I tell my story, there's always like that different lens, and my relationship has has shifted with self-sabotage, but to give everyone an overview, I'm Heather. I wear many, many hats. And I always people are like, who are you? What do you do? And I just want to say I'm a soul having a human experience. I think we get way too attached to the hats that we wear and our identity and how that shows up in our lives. But to position myself, I am a former social worker. I I'm currently raising three boys currently raising, meaning like they just keep growing and changing, which, you know, triggers my stuff and I need to heal on a deeper, a deeper level. They're 17, 12 and 10. And it was mothering that cracked me open. So when I became a mom, I was 18 years old. I was just a little baby myself. And that was the moment. My first moment when I looked at my son and I thought i I never want you to feel the way that I felt as a child. And I never want to become a statistic. And those kind of two narratives pushed me in, in a good direction, in a, what people would have perceived as a healthy direction. But what happened was because I was so driven and I wasn't that person before, I was actually driving from a place of fear. and i was driving from a place of perfection and i was driving from a place of overachieving and I was getting social, the pats on the back, the super mom. I was getting that, you know, like you're doing great. You're doing great. This is just a phase. And I was also getting that feedback from healthcare professionals that I was seeking help from, like Mm -hmm. therapists, physicians. Like any traditional modality was like, you're doing fabulous. You're doing great. But on the inside, I felt like I was dying. Mm -hmm. And I just remember this feeling of like, is this it? And so as I started pursuing like my dreams, I'm using air quotes, like doing the things I was supposed to do, which was get educated. So instead of going to get a job out of high school, which is kind of what everyone was pushing me towards because now I was a mom, they're like, go to school and get educated. So I just did all, you know, all the government grants that I could. I went and got a social work degree, became a social worker. And quickly, as I, you know, was working my job, realized not this not this not this and i'm like i can't do this for Mm -hmm. 30 years and it wasn't because it wasn't for me it was because that inner pull inside of me that actually wanted to make an impact was not being fulfilled in my job so i jumped into meditation and mindfulness and first started doing that with children and helping parents see and understand their children's behavior their anxieties their fears their big emotions emotional intelligence And then as my life continued to progress, this was when what people perceive as my awakening, and I'm using air quotes, but it wasn't my awakening. I had nine years of personal development under my belt. I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer. And in that moment, it was actually an interesting time because it was about six months. Time feels weird around this, but... I want to say it was about six months, but I think it was actually less than that where I officially like signed the papers to my corporate job that I'm like done. There was no more safety net. And I was full time in my business and I was still in that awkward startup phase where you're just like scared, like terrified and you don't have that nest egg like you're not built yet. So I was still in a startup phase hustling, right? Cause you're so scared. And my body just gave out. I, everything I was resisting as a woman, which was, I don't have time for myself. I can't consider my needs. I have children. I have all these things. I'm doing all the things I was being of service to everybody else, but myself. And my body was kind of like, I'll show you. So I I transitioned my conversation from, you know, women, ladies, we have to stop pretending this is just about children's behavior. Because what I was seeing and hearing was, Heather, I don't have time for this, my marriage is falling apart, I hate my career, like I'm fatigued, I'm tired. And I was like, okay, but you hired me for parenting. You hired me to understand your children's emotional needs. And here you are being like, I can't do this because, and I'm like, there's a co-creation here. So, you know, to this day, I mean, that was almost a decade ago, it has come full circle that I'm like everything in your life that you that you're like not this not this there might be shame around it you might feel like a failure that's contrast it's there to get your attention it's not there to take you down and we need to look at life like how do you want to feel so after my diagnosis my stage four cancer diagnosis I really you know I really took a good hard look in the mirror and said this is not how I want to feel While I'm parenting, this is not how I want to feel while I'm building my business. And I had to reverse engineer all of that and also like take a really good hard look at the wellness industry, personal development, and also the mentors that I was surrounding myself with.
0: I want to ask so many more questions. (laughs) I have like a whole list of let's talk for hours about this. Mm -hmm. but I want to narrow in on the self-sabotage piece to it. I want to know more how that was manifesting. Was that before this, this time where you had to realize, no, I have to do things differently than I've been doing them reverse engineer. Yes. But also pay attention to who I'm actually listening to. And if it's right for me, if I need to follow those prescriptions. So tell me more where that self-sabotage was happening for you.
1: Yeah. So I think I can see it more clearly now because like, I'll tell you like present day, my relationship with it and then what that was then. So present day, my relationship with self-sabotage, which I don't use that term a lot for myself. I think it's a very coined term, but there's many reasons why we do it. And, I mean, we have a negativity bias in our brain that is always trying to keep us safe. There is real trauma that we have, which is why we avoid certain things. There's patriarchy, there's systems. Like there's so many reasons why we choose not to do something and kind of cut off our joy, cut off what we want, all of that. So even self-sabotage feels so like I am causing my own self-sabotage and we have to realize Which that we are really like big in the personal development world right 100 and there's so much there's so much shame around it mm-hmm. like i did this I, there's a reason why i'm in debt or why i don't have enough time or energy like it's all my fault but it's like i mean we could talk forever and never so my relationship with self-sabotage now is like it's always there right? It's always there. It's with me every single day. And I have to consciously choose like how I want to feel. And that takes energy and effort. It's a, I don't want to say it's a lifestyle, but it's almost like a mindset shift. Like 1 million times a day. I'm like, how do I want to feel? Am I in alignment with how I want to feel? Like great right before Monica, I even like turned on the computer to like have this conversation with you. I, I did a quick five second check-in. I'm like, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel pretty good. And then i'm like what else do you need well i didn't grab water but i also had like two liters of water this morning but i don't have it with me i just did this quick check-in rather than like running 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 and then going did i eat today so it's a conscious creation of how i want to feel in my life where when i look back on my journey that was not even in my consciousness the thought of actually caring how i wanted to feel or what i wanted felt so incredibly selfish. And that is like mm. the number one belief I hear, especially from women is like, I could never, mm. I would be taking away from other people. But there's one story in particular that's coming up for me. When I was diagnosed, I remember walking out of the hospital and I looked up and my, you know, I use I use universe. Like that's my like connection to something bigger. I grew up Roman Catholic. I still get triggered by the word god but i have i attract actually many diverse people around me we're all saying the same thing but through our own lens and i think it's because i'm very compassionate and empathetic towards like everyone and i'm like i'm so intrigued by other people's belief systems i'm like and if that works for you and it feels so good then keep it but for me in particular i just looked up and i'm like Okay, universe, you finally have my attention. And I remember surrendering to like not pushing so much. And I had to face everything I was actually avoiding. Like I I hired the mentors. I had the books. I even had the coaches who were kicking my butt. Like I had the coaches who were kicking my butt. But there is also this aspect of like transformation that nobody else can give you. Like if somebody was walking behind me all day, every day and was saying, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? I'm actually living for that other person. I'm not living for myself. And there is beauty in contrast. And in that moment, I remember being like, the only way out is through. I don't get to procrastinate anymore when it comes to not sending out those sales emails or having that emotionally uncomfortable conversation. I need to make money to pay my bills. I no longer, like I remember trying to use my husband, like I was so angry at him. I was like, you're a man, you were, like talk about patriarchy, I'm like, you are a man, you are supposed to be financially stable. You're You're the provider, you're this. Like I was so angry and yet I wanted to be that person So I had to call myself out and I had to face my lack of worthiness. I had to face my limiting beliefs. I had to put myself in emotionally uncomfortable situations to actually face what I was avoiding. Even if a coach was telling me that, even if I had the coaching program for it, the meditations, the apps, all of that, it was feeling my feelings fully and knowing that I couldn't run away from them and I actually had to act on them and It That is so uncomfortable. And now I know that that is like my jam. I'm like, let's go there. Let's go there. That's how you manifest quickly.
0: Hence the name of your podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Emotionally uncomfortable. Let's talk about self-sabotage, what it looks and feels like. think a lot of us think, oh, it looks like you just basically light, you know, pull a grenade in your, in your life and your efforts, like you purposely try to bring it down and maybe it does look like that, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it. So can you tell us more, what does it look and feel like?
1: It feels like being human. That's all. It's (laughs) like, like I could feel it right now. I could Mm -hmm. be sabotaging something, right. I could be like, oh, this morning I didn't do the walk that I said I was going to do. It's like this slippery slope of, and I know you're a fan of habits. It's like a slippery slope of habits. Like, let me give you an example. I love raising a teenager. I say I love it because it's so challenging. It's personal growth on steroids, just like anything else. And this morning I actually texted my son. I got an email from school. that said he didn't go to period, first period. He's, he's in his last year of high school. He's like, get me out of here. I totally agree with him. And I go, buddy, you're doing so good. Like we have, you know, we've had, we had a rough year. I say we, cause I, <laughs> sometimes you feel like you're in it with your kids. He had a rough year last year and this year he was on the right track. I said, watch your habits. It's a slippery slope. And he's like, I know, I just didn't see the purpose of class. It is so boring. And it's those moments when you're like, we're all addicted to dopamine, we're all addicted to like the high. And it's like, in the most mundane, boring moments when you're like, what is the point of this? And you want to stop doing it. That is the moment the sabotage gets you. That is the moment you're like, Oh, crap, I took the left turn, I was supposed to take the right turn. It's such a subtle thing that you're like, Oh, that's no big deal. I'll do it tomorrow. And then you say that a million times and you realize how far you are from the destination that you wanted to be and it's like don't slip on those habits it creeps up on you and you're like oh, how did i get here and you got here from saying i'll do it later i'll do it later i'll do it later it's like the easiest way to like, like visualize sabotage
0: and i think it's probably the most common It's 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 putting things off but It's not the things; it's ourselves. We're putting ourselves off, you know. We're, we're, we're keeping ourselves on the sidelines. And I like to contrast that with how we usually think it is. It's like we think like we're purposely trying to distract things, Mm -hmm. but it's not. It's 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 laid with good intentions. It's oh, this needs to happen or this fire needs to be put out. It's, it's really a lack of prioritizing self. It also I feel like, and you and I will have a connection with this with. The perfectionism focus, I think, a lot because we think it only has to look certain ways. And those un, unmeetable standards are what keep us stuck.
1: Yeah, I feel like perfection, I mean, we all, well, not everybody knows that, but it's an armor, right? It's a coping strategy. I think women wear it very well, right? We do it all the time. Like, I could sit here in video and obsess over my hair. And then everyone else may be looking at my hair, but most likely not. They're actually listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth or they can't even see me because it's audio only. But the point of that is we are obsessed with perfection because that's how we've been born and bred, right? And then we get praised for being quote unquote, perfect or overachievers. And what it is is actual armor because we don't wanna feel our feelings. We don't wanna feel the shame. We don't wanna feel the guilt. We don't wanna feel grief. We don't wanna feel what's on the inside. And ironically, the closer you get to, like, your vision, the more your perfection wants to come out. But getting closer feels messier. Like, it's this duality. I'm like, this feels so messy. Like, I just want to organize everything right now. But that actually means I'm on the right path. Like, things are happening. And I'm like, but how can they be happening if they're not perfect? And it's so... Weird and interesting. And then people's perception on the outside, they're like, How do you make it look so easy? And I'm like, Wow, if you were on the inside of me, you would realize it feels so emotionally messy. And it's like getting used to the messiness. And I've noticed that when I can get used to the messiness of like life and just keep focused on like, What are my priorities? What's my goal? And let everything else like go, I'm not trying to be so controlling of my children's behavior, of how clean my house is. Like if you walk around, you can't even see it, but like behind me is my office. I actually have a big pile of crap on the floor because I was getting annoyed with myself how it was just like messy everywhere. So I just put everything in a big pile on the floor hoping that I would actually clean it up. But now I just keep walking over it and (laughs) I'll get to it. But my point is it doesn't bug me like it used to because my tolerance for messy emotions is way higher than it used to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is another reason we discount ourselves, right? Because we think it should feel easy or it should feel like we don't have any self-doubt or criticism, like it should just you know, flow or it should come naturally to us. And yeah, you're right, making space for the uncomfortable as part of it helps you know, no, it's supposed to feel uncomfortable. It's, it's supposed to be hard for me to switch over from doing the dishes to actually going on that walk I said I would. It, it, it is gonna be uncomfortable for me to say no to that person in order to say yes to this other thing that I really wanted to prioritize today. Much more after the break. Sometimes something as awesome as having the skill to be more creative is really being held back by the lack of supportive habits that make that time and energy possible in order to be creative. If that really resonates with you, I highly recommend that you check out the Sticky Habit Method. This is my course that helps real women form real habits that enable them to be freed up to support their identity in their day-to-day lives. If creativity is calling for you and you need better sleep, you need more nutrition, you need more journaling to help get out of your head in order to make that possible, check out that course today at aboutprogress.com slash stickyhabitmethod. So for women who are ready to stop discounting themselves for many reasons we've talked about perfectionism related to that fear self doubt criticism too high of standards you know there's many less why good intentions just trying to get things done we're busy mm-hmm. okay i think we know more why what's the how behind this how can we actually you know make space for self sabotage
1: but not let it control us mm-hmm. i think One, I think when people are ready for the how, that's, I'm laughing because it's like, hang on, right? Like that's (laughs) the roller coaster. I think a lot of people stay stuck in the why and they circle, right? Those are the like, what do you call them? Personal development junkies. Like they just stay there, they read the books, they listen to the podcast, but they don't do any investment. And I don't mean financial investment. I mean time and energy investment. Like you have to invest the energy. And so when you decide to get closer and go in, just be prepared to feel be, mm-hmm. and and know that you're not broken, be prepared to like have everything revealed to you. I see it all the time, people commit to the how, like they're like, okay, Heather, I'm ready to work with you or I'm ready to whatever, they commit to the how. And before the work even starts, like formally starts, they're like, the clouds are parting, things are happening. And they're like what happened here and i'm like mm-hmm. you are committed you've jumped in in you've jumped into the double dutch so i want to create a visual and then i'll give you some practical so i always use the i actually always use the analogy of double dutch so you know you're there's two jump ropes you're terrified to jump in because you think you're gonna get whipped in the face right the fear is coming you're like oh my gosh what if i get whacked in the face and then, so you're on the outside, you're like doing the back and forth, you're doing like the, the rocking, and then you get courage. You get courage to jump in the how, you get courage to jump in the middle. So you jump, there's a lot of fear that's gonna come up, and then you get in the middle and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like jumping out of a plane. You're like, I did it, I did it. You're so proud of yourself, so proud of yourself. That is the juiciness of the how you have jumped in even though there's that moment of fear and courage that's required for you to do Mm -hmm. something that you have uncertainty is this going to be successful is it not going to be successful you've jumped in now let's say you're on the outside and you jump in and you get whipped in the face right you still want to be in the middle but now that hurt that really hurt that's Mm -hmm. like Fear of being hurt, fear of loss, fear of whatever. It might be a failure, fear of failure in a business, in a relationship. You know, I even have this, when I teach people my energetic time management process, they're like, I'm afraid to put these things on my calendar because what if I don't follow through? And I'm like, really? Really? Like, doesn't you're not even being whipped in the face. It's just something on a piece of paper or you've put too much of your identity and purpose on what's on your calendar. Mm-hmm. So let yourself be afraid to fail because the more times you, you try to jump in some those ropes you that's where resiliency comes in and that's where like you being proud of yourself. That's how you gain confidence because you're like I can do this. I can withstand getting hit in the face with a Mm -hmm. rope. Mm -hmm. And I will try again and again and again to get in the middle of that. So there's like a metaphor, and I know people can afford it for themselves, but listen to my podcast, you've heard me say it a million times, the, what do I call it? The journal prompt, wouldn't it be nice if? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice Mm -hmm. if there's just no attachment to it? Like, I'm not like, I want, right? It's like, wouldn't it be nice if, and I'm just waving a magic wand. It just feels very like airy fairy. But what's really happening is that's what your soul craves. That's like what your inside craves. Wouldn't it be nice if I had more freedom to do this? Wouldn't it be nice if I could go for a walk? Like, it will be the tiny things and it will be the big things that your life is meaningful. Take one thing, circle it, and then like make it happen. And when I say make it happen, I mean, what actions are required for you to to do something? And just, you know, one little piece if I had a big glass of water right now. Great. Go get the glass of water. That's not a big risk. There, check it off the list. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be nice if I had Fridays off? Maybe that scares you a little bit. But maybe, maybe not this Friday, but next Friday, you block it off on your calendar and you let that reoccur for every Friday or one Friday a month. Like whatever scares the crap out of you, just push that edge a little bit and make it happen. And this is how we start to fulfill our soul desires is courage, jump in to the middle of that skipping rope. And then when that Friday shows up and you're like, I just want to put things on my calendar it's like then you got to learn boundaries and this is where the magic happens in the boundaries or in this whole process i mean the whole process but i think i just love boundaries i love being (laughs) in relationship with people who have boundaries there's no drama they are the easiest people to get along with like someone i'm like you could request so much of me it is my job to tell you if I have the capacity or not. Mm-hmm. It is not your job to play the mind games with yourself to be like, is, is this, oh my gosh, am I you know too much for her? Am I not enough? Is she doing this because she just wants to please me? No, like it's my job to manage the energy that's coming at me. And I love being in relationship with people who have boundaries. I greatly dislike it. When I have someone on my team, even a client, somebody else, like I get that I'm teaching you boundaries, but like, you don't have to please me, you have to please yourself. And these are all skills that we're, we're learning and unlearning.
0: Well, and it goes back to that slippery slope we talked about with self-sabotage. A lot of it is a lack of boundaries, but starting internally. And I think that's really where women can practice this first. It, it, it's really terrifying to do with other people if you are absolutely not in practice. So start by practicing with yourself and having those, those boundaries with yourself internally and, and honoring them. And I'm, I'm want to circle back to discomfort a little bit. It's a big part of it. You know, you you accept that uh, these feelings are going to be part of it instead mm-hmm. of just trying to work your way around them or pretend they're not going to happen. And so when you jump in, you don't jump into that double dutch, right? What helps you and your clients and your community work through the discomfort that comes up? Like any tactics that help?
1: Mm-hmm. There's no perfect way. When my nervous system is freaking out or I'm having a quote unquote bad day and i'm using air quotes because we love to label feelings as good or bad we love to label food as good or bad it's like it's a feeling it's neutral but your body is reacting which creates a story an emotional state so when my body is reacting in a way that you know is not favorable i i just move the energy. So I I do a lot of like, I'll get up. I'm like, wow, I'm not going to push through this. I'll get up. I'll go for a walk. I'll do some jumping jacks. I'll go for a run. I will literally tap on myself. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, meditation is not the answer because I need to move the energy. I don't need to sit with it more. Mm-hmm. And it's not a one and done. I don't just go for a run and I'm good. It Sometimes it lingers a little bit. You know, am I hydrated? Have I fueled myself enough? Like there's so much going on here. But I think the number one thing that I had to learn is that there's nothing wrong with me because I'm feeling human emotions. But then I see people going to like swinging along the pendulum here. You know, emotional like mental illness and emotional distress is real Mm -hmm. you cannot think positive thoughts and things will go away but you can sit with the feeling and be like hey why are you here like i talk to myself all the time why are you here but i've actually learned over time that as i take better care of myself in a proactive state That I need to have emotional boundaries so I could be dramatic I could be like I'm having a day poor me poor me and I'm like talking to all these people and everyone needs to know why my life sucks that day and how awful my children are or whatever but I'm adding more fuel to the emotional fire and when I'm like no this is not how I want to feel so I just cut it off like I'm like I can still be seen, right? Like part of me really, really wants to be seen. I can really see myself and I can really honor that. But if I wanna choose joy, I need to like have a boundary with that and say, what am I gonna do today to actively choose joy and like focus my energy and attention that way? Because if I'm not gonna do that, I'm actually just stewing more in the emotion, which is not gonna help me manifest how I wanna feel. So it's sitting with this duality of like, what you don't want to feel and being like, I see you, you are here, you are welcome at this table. What do you need from me? Because it really wants to get your attention. And it might say, you need to have that uncomfortable conversation you've been avoiding. It might say, you need to take better care of yourself. Or it might just say, I'm here to protect you. And you're like, okay, cool. Thank you for being here. And I'm, I'm still going to do that thing that scares the crap out of me. And you can do both at the same time. You don't wait until your quote unquote negative emotions go away. That's perfection. Mm-hmm. And you you can't use perfection in your emotional states. That's so
0: true. And it's really hard to learn it. But the only way to learn it is to to dive in, you know, to, yeah. to learn how to be uncomfortable, but in ways that help you move forward instead of act as, you know, self-betrayal, which yeah. is a fine line. And it's bringing something home to me that I feel like has stood out in our whole conversation today is, you know, each of this will look, each part of this will look different from self-sabotage to what's emotionally uncomfortable for us, how we have to process it, what we actually need in the moment. It's going to be different for each of us and for each of us different day to day, sometimes moment to moment. And a big part of uh, what I see you living out is living in an intuitive way of being open, but also being proactive in ways where you're responding to what your mind, body, soul needs in the moment in order for you to rise up and be that person you want to be. I was curious if there's anything else that you want to say to women who are listening and like, I really want to work on this. It's scary. What's on the other side? Not that it gets, not that it goes away again. We're not going to say, Oh, it's perfect, Mm -hmm. but still what's on the other side of having the courage
1: to be willing to, to jump in everything you want which is actually terrifying it's called foreboding joy that's what Mm -hmm. bernie brown calls it you get so close like joy is the most vulnerable emotion that you can feel because you get close to it and then you feel the extreme opposite which is like what if i lose it all right so we get close to it and then we avoid joy and and you get to the other side it's great it's awesome and right mm-hmm. and then you have to sit with the duality there's no like arrival and i think that's what people are always assuming that there's an arrival moment and period and you have moments of gratitude you sit there and can cry and be like i created this life it's a game life is a game it's like i've i've started to treat my life like a like a video game i'm just like oh okay I learned that strategy. I'm going to, I died. I got to come back. (laughs) Like what, you know, like today didn't go as planned. What can I do better tomorrow? I just see it as a game, but I don't, I don't want to die while I'm trying to learn how to live. And I -hmm. don't mean that like die in a video game style. I mean, I literally feel. Physically, don't want to die I already played that game I don't want my soul to feel dead inside of my body mm-hmm. while I'm living I want to thrive and I have to ask myself on a daily basis like what else how good can it get I think we've been conditioned that life needs to be hard and so when we use that language our brain tries to find the hard I believe we can do emotionally uncomfortable things because hard is not a feeling And it is not hard to send out an email. It's emotionally uncomfortable. It is actually not hard to sit with someone that is dying. It is emotionally uncomfortable. And when we can look that our emotions are the way through, then we become emotional creatures. Mm -hmm. But we've been taught to numb ourselves. And so when I'm in that state of I can do hard things, then I am like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't resonate with me. But when I shifted it to, I can do emotionally uncomfortable things, then I could lean into like, ooh, what am I afraid of? And and leaning into that. And actually, life does not feel hard when I do that. Ironically, it feels easy. So I can do easy things too, because most of the people that I work with and most of the humans that I interact with, and I've seen a lot of them in different ways of being in their world, it's not actually the hard, quote unquote, hard things that we are um, avoiding. It's the simple things that will make our lives easy. We avoid the easy things. So it's like, do something for 10 minutes a day. Don't do this all or nothing mindset. That's hard. That's not even sustainable. It's gonna kill you. How about you do something for 10 minutes a day? That's emotionally uncomfortable because you're gonna wanna sabotage it. That should be your hard thing that you're choosing is 10 minutes a day.
0: Hmm. I want to applaud that. Heather, this has been beautiful. I want to send people to your podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable. Is there anywhere else you think they should go if they want to learn more from you?
1: Yeah. I was actually just thinking about a quiz that we created. I called it the energy finder, but really it's like these inner pillars. And there's also something I talk about, which is like, which state are you living in? Survival, momentum, thrival. So it's a 20 question quiz. And if Love you take that. it, it will show you where you should focus your energy and attention. So boundaries, energy management, creating more sense of purpose in your life, emotional triggers. Cause I think people play whack-a-mole and they're like, mm-hmm. I need to do all the things, but it will actually show you where you should focus your energy and attention. It takes two minutes and you can go to Heather Chauvin. So dot com forward slash life quiz. It'll take you two minutes and then you can figure it out.
0: Great. We'll make sure that we link that in the show notes. This has been wonderful. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. It's so fun to drop a bonus episode like this, especially on a topic I know we can all relate with. Now, the takeaways for me here are many, but include that self sabotage is just about us being human. And it's usually how we are trying to delay the negative and hard emotions, especially fear and overwhelm and anxiety that we relate to certain tasks or goals or behaviors that we want to shift in our lives. And in order to better deal with them, we just need to make sabotage something that we expect to have part of our lives in terms of the, the, the spiraling behaviors that we can fall into, the numbing behaviors, um, the ways that we can procrastinate. If we make room for those things and be aware of them, then we can have more power over them. We can feel the hard feelings and we can also choose how we want to feel instead. And of course, I loved that Heather's focus was to do something to move towards that feeling. We have a huge do something focus here in this community, as you know. And when I heard Heather give that advice about just doing something to move towards feeling the way you want to feel, I smiled really big on my side of the screen. So that will be your do something challenge this week is to do something to feel the way you want to feel in the midst of a self-sabotaging spiral. I can't wait to hear more of what that looks like for you. You can always DM me or email me if you want to share an example of you following through with a do something challenge. And as you know, I get to feature those who do the do something challenge or want to share about anything awesome twice a month on our growth spurt episodes. Thank you so much for being here. And if you like this episode, Please do us a solid here, all those who work on this podcast, and share it with a friend or loved one. That is the way the podcast grows. It's mostly through you, through you sharing the show. Again, thank you so much for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today.
1: Wouldn't it be nice if I could, that was funny that my phone did do when I just said check. <laughs>